be able to change the world through the electoral process, but perhaps we've got a chance through the power of music. Come celebrate 10 years of song at the Berkeley Broadway Singers Spring Concerts under the direction of Ellen Hoffman with Eddie Marshall and Carla Kaufman. That's the Berkeley Broadway Singers Wheelchair Accessible Benefit Concert, Saturday, April 12th at 8 p.m. at St. Ambrose Church in Berkeley, and Sunday, April 13th at 4 p.m. at St. Augustine's in Oakland. For more information, call 510-604-5732 or log on to berkeleybroadwaysingers.org. And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA in Berkeley, 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, KFCF in Fresno, and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3 p.m. Stay tuned next for Cover to Cover Open Book. Good afternoon, and welcome to Open Book, Friday's edition of Cover to Cover. I'm Amelia Gonzalez, the Director of Arts and Cultural Programming, inviting you to stay with us as we bring you a treat coming to us from Peru. Grammy Award-winning Susana Baca, who was in the Bay Area last week, and Peruvian author Daniela Larcón was able to sit with Susana and talk about her music and her projects. Susana Baca belongs to a new generation of Peruvian singers. Delving into the shadows of the past to recover shimmering melodies and seductive rhythms. Her seemingly effortless interpretive skills belie years of work assembling the songs, the stories, and the steps of music and dances once consigned to history. She is a tireless researcher and is largely responsible for the revival of many forms of Afro-Peruvian folklore. She is also the founder of the Centro Experimental de Música Negro Continuo, Institute of the Black Continuum, a cultural center dedicated to the study of dance. So stay with us as we bring you this conversation with Susana Baca and Daniela Larcón. Yo vivo triste y el corazón me duele. Que mi 
mayor enemigo es mi propio corazón que mi mayor enemigo es mi propio corazón nadie adivina lo que me pasa rumbo a la casa de mi querer cantan alegre los ruiseñores y el arroyuelo murmurador cantan alegres los ruiseñores y el arroyuelo murmurador jaja
Cuando derramen la fuente sus raudales, sus raudales, envenenados se encuentran sus cristales, sus cristales. Cuando derramen la fuente sus raudales, sus raudales, envenenados se encuentran sus cristales, sus cristales. Pobre soy porque no tengo la dicha del poderoso. Cierra lorito, cierra, 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 cierra lorito, que llore, lloraba, samba. My name is Daniel Alarcón. I'm here with Susana Vaca, a real legend of Afro-Peruvian music. Susana, thanks so much for joining us. So we were just listening to some of the new songs. That was actually a song called Las Resbalosas, uh, still unreleased. Your 2002 album, Lamento Negro, won a Latin Grammy, and you've had so much success ever since. How would you say this new material is different from your previous work? Sí, por supuesto. Eh, hay una magnífica vertiente de la música popular peruana of course, there is something wonderful within traditional Peruvian music, these grand expressions and influences of culture, the Spanish influence with the conquest, the arrival of Africans, and the indigenous music of the country. All these strands of culture mix, each tradition enriching the other, creating a strong, vibrant culture, what you see in ceramics, textiles, in all the arts, but especially in music. And so, in the music, we have styles like the lando, for example. It's an Afro-Peruvian rhythm that has what is called in jazz, swing, that characteristic which allows the instruments to float. The voice takes a sort of trip just above the music. This is a style that moves, the chords, the instruments are woven together and still remain fluid. Today, this is a style of music that young people really love. They're making contemporary Afro-Peruvian music. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Are you referring to projects like Nova Lima, the mix uh, techno and uh, Afro-Peruvian? Bueno, Nova Lima, yo siento que ellos... Tienen, eh, quieren fusionar la música electrónica con la música Nova Lima is attempting to fuse eh, electronic music with Afro-Peruvian music. They're looking for the right elements within Afro-Peruvian music. But I feel they have to work even harder to search at the roots. Because if you want to do fusion, you really have to know both sides. You have to know the music you are attempting to fuse with. That's just a recommendation. There have been many attempts to fuse festejo and rock music, and there's also reggaeton, a style which is just coming into Peru. This music is aggressive, rebellious. I would say that reggaeton could become the protest music of young people, especially when you look at groups like Calle 13, for example. I don't know too much, but I've seen what they do in Puerto Rico. I know they have lots of poetry in the lyrics and surrealist images. They're doing very powerful political protests. I was just a juror at a festival of Peruvian music in six musical genres. 
six ways we Peruvians have of expressing ourselves. In one category, the winner was a really impressive reggaeton duel. This way I get exposed to new music. I'm lucky in that I'm close to the young people. To be honest, at first I couldn't stand reggaeton, but when I heard the lyrics, knowing what I know about the reality of young people today, they're fed up with things that don't work, tired of the same political promises that are never fulfilled. So maybe reggaeton can fill that space. Some of the new songs you'll be performing deal with the revolutionary movements in Peru in the 60s and 70s. These include pieces about Javier Heró, a Peruvian poet and guerrilla fighter who was killed in 1963. Why were you drawn to this material? I knew Javier personally. The circumstances in which Chapuca Grande composes these songs are very interesting. She was very close to the young poets of her time. She heard that this young poet, only 21 years old, had been killed in a town called Puerto Maldonado in Peru. It was even said that he surrendered, that he tied his shirt to a branch, trying to turn himself in, and still they shot him down. It was a very cruel murder, and we were all really shaken. This young man, through his poetry and his sensibilities, wanted change in Peru. We all knew that Peru needed change. This affected Chabuca so greatly that she was silent. She couldn't compose any music about it for a long time, until she managed to write these eight songs. I recorded them in Peru with producer Greg Landau. This new work also includes previously unrecorded songs by the composer Chabuca Granda, surely one of the great songwriters of the last century. How did you come across these songs, and how does it feel to be one of the first people to interpret this material? I was very fortunate. I consider Chabuca Granda to be my musical mother. She took me in, and I was able to take advantage of her huge library and music collection at a time when I had nowhere else to listen to music. Sometimes she would go away on tour, and because she was so generous, she would tell the woman who worked at her house, Whenever the young woman comes by, let her in. Let her listen to all the music she wants and read anything she wants. She opened her home to me, her heart. When she died, I worked on these songs. I did a program with Cesar Calvo, a Peruvian poet, and my band in tribute to her. Cesar spoke before the songs and I sang, but it was never recorded. Last year, I went back to these songs. I recorded them, this time with my musicians, Sergio Valdeos, Juan Medrano, David Pinto, and Hugo Bravo. We made a new recording. We wanted to include some work from Calvo as well, who has unfortunately passed away. He was a wonderful poet, and he knew Javier. They were of the same generation. Once again, that's the voice of Susana Vaca. My name is Daniel Alarcón. And let's take a listen to a new track called El Surco.
abierto vi germinar un lucero de infinita soledad y con una canasta le vi regar con agua de un arroyo de oscuridad a manas ya la siembra se echó a perder y el agua del arroyo se echó a correr. Al lucero le gusta la libertad. Y al agua del arroyo la claridad. No dio fruto el lucero, se fue a alumbrar. Y el agua del arroyo le fue a Quise gritar y dentro de mi grito quise llorar, pero tan solo canto para callar. A ya la hora en que fui a cantar, a ya la hora en que fui a gritar. Si gritas no se llora para callar y viva sucediendo. Amalaya la hora en que fui a cantar, Amalaya la hora en que fui a gritar. Y así se fue el lucero a su libertad, y así se fue el arroyo a su claridad. No me llegó la I'm here with Susana Vaca, who will be performing this evening and Friday night at the Brava Theater in San Francisco. That's 24th Street in New York in the Mission. The number there is 415-641-7657. Uh, there are still tickets available for tonight. The website is uh, brava.org. Earlier you mentioned the concept of swing, uh, which reminds me you were in New Orleans in 2005. In fact, you arrived only a few weeks before Katrina hit. Could you talk a little bit about that experience? What took you to New Orleans in the first place? Bueno, yo llegué a, a New Orleans eh, y, y, y creo que nunca he sentido 
la dicha que he sentido de llegar a una I arrived in New Orleans and I think I've never felt so excited to arrive anywhere. I was so happy. I was there only for four weeks, long enough to see many musicians, many artists. I was there in time for Louis Armstrong's birthday celebrations and I took part in all of that. I met Henry Butler, a blind pianist. I went to see gospel, saw Mardi Gras rehearsals. I saw everything I could. I was so happy until they said Katrina was coming and I had to leave really fast and couldn't go back. I was in New Orleans on a scholarship from Tulane University in order to look for parallels between the music of black Peruvians and black Americans in the South. I was able to continue my work at the University of Chicago where they have an impressive archive but the work is still unfinished. I would like to play and record with musicians from New Orleans and Peru together and do something that we could all enjoy, maybe even a tour. I think there is something that unites us and it could be very interesting. I think New Orleans musicians would feel right at home in a panalivio, a traditional Afro-Peruvian rhythm that has the same movement, fluidity. It's something that I have to do. Part of the work you do is really that of a historian, uh, kind of an archivist of musical tradition. This is related to the Instituto Negro Continuo, a project you helped found in 1998. Could you talk about that work? Claro, lo que pasa es que cuando... When I really began understanding my origins, when I asked my mother about it, she started telling me things. I started comparing her answers with what I knew and asking people, first my family and then people all along the coast about their music, their heritage. I walked around Peru. I found the Christmas cantos, the music of Carnaval in the South. These were the authentic expressions of Afro-Peruvian culture. So we recorded a lot of material, documented what we saw and heard, and this work led me and Ricardo Pereira to found Negro Continuo. This institution allows us to record and archive this material, organize it, and have a library. Now we have grown a great deal and are part of a large cultural center, a library and a museum of reconciliation in a town called Santa Barbara, 160 kilometers south of Lima. It was an old sugar and cotton plantation where we have built our library. Though we haven't been able to move our archives there yet because of last year's disastrous earthquake. Santa Barbara is a very poor community, very disenfranchised. We've worked with the mothers, with the campesinos, taking the lead on the rebuilding. Our buildings were not affected by the earthquake, which has fostered great respect for our work in the town. So much so that Ricardo Pereira has been named president of the Committee for Reconstruction in Santa Barbara. We have already raised the money to rebuild the town, not just bricks upon bricks, but fixing the roads, rebuilding the school, the clinic, the sewer system. It's a lot of work, but we feel that this can be a pilot program to show that when there is a real desire to do work, things can get done in Peru. You are in many ways the face and the voice of Afro-Peruvian music um, outside Peru. Does this role make you uncomfortable at all, or have you become accustomed to it? No, no me incomoda para nada. Al contrario, estoy, estoy muy orgullosa. ¿Por qué? Porque... Of course not. It doesn't make me uncomfortable at all. I'm very proud. I've taken the Afro-Peruvian culture all over the world, not just the music, but the culture. 
Last month at the WOMAD festival in Australia, I sang, talked about my experience, my work, and even cooked. There was a new event called Taste of the World, where every artist has to prepare a dish from their country. I made ceviche. I spoke about the fishing community of Santa Barbara and Chorrillos, the district of Lima where I was born. I talked about how my mother taught me to cook, how I learned. This is all part of our culture. I've taken the music to some of the most important venues in the world, and I've had the privilege of representing this culture. I'm like an ambassador. When I won the Grammy and returned to southern Peru, I was received in every town I visited with parades, with music, children's orchestras, and medals. The mayor, the police chief, the entire town would congratulate me. I even participated in a flag-raising ceremony. And I'd go along the streets and the women would applaud me and they'd say, you're the reason the world knows who we are. This is the greatest award I've ever received. Some people unfamiliar with this musical tradition might see some instruments on stage that they just don't recognize. Could you talk about some of these? La instrumentación de, de, o sea, la percusión afroperuana, el, el instrumento principal es el cajón. The principal percussion instrument in Afro-Peruvian music is the cajón. Cajón exists in Cuba, in Santo Domingo, and even in Spain, though it arrived there much later. It was taken from Peru to Spain, where it has become part of the rumba flamenca. Of course, the purists don't like that. We also have the cajita, a marching drum, which we use in Carnaval when the devils go out dancing. You can't take a cajón, so you have to have a small drum to wear around your neck. There's the quijada, too, which has been found in Haiti, where it was used for ceremonies. In Peru, we use it because the sound fits so well with our rhythms. We also use the calabaza, a pumpkin. In the old days, this was a way of measuring out corn for the slaves, just an emptied-out pumpkin. And the slaves, when they were locked up, would use these to make music. Again, that's the voice of Susana Vaca. My name is Daniel Larcón. Susana, thank you so much for coming. It really means a lot to us, um, especially to Peruvians here in the Bay, um, to come visit us. We're going to go out with a new song called uh, La Virgen del Carmen. Is the California Mexican Music Series, a multi-part series of music from Mexico's five distinctive geographic regions. Jose Cular, a.k.a. Dr. Loco, noted Chicano musician and San Francisco 
SFSU professor, will host the events, engaging the featured artists in lively panel discussions, followed by exceptional evening of musica. Tonight, the series presents Panorama Musical Mexicano, Dr. Local's Rockin' Jalapeno Band and La Familia Peña Grova, plus special guests. If you would like to attend this evening's event tonight, uh, Friday, April 11th, um, at La Peña, um, I have one pair of tickets to give to our listeners. So if you are caller number five, please call us right now at 510-848-4425 here at KPFA Studios, and you will receive a ticket for Dr. Loco's Rockin' Jalapeno Band and La Familia Peña Grova. Tonight uh, at 7.30, I believe, is a panel discussion with the artists, and at 8.30, the show. So my fifth caller, Reina, reina, la que reina.